So we just got done speaking with Nate Staskowitz from the Army Marksmanship Unit. And I got to first, I have to congratulate him on his win at Gen 3 Gun. Um, it's a testament of his abilities and his skills, but it also, you know, it's a testament of how passionate he is with going out and teaching other individuals like this gen three gun is all about the junior shooters and by him and the other uh individuals from the amu participating in this it shows how much they care about the junior shooters um another thing i wanted to highlight that i noticed is he's extremely articulate with how he can explain technical skills um and how they train so it was a really fun conversation, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, enjoyable for me as well. I think Nate's name is something we're going to keep hearing for the foreseeable future. And it's um, at this point, we've interviewed two guys from the AMU, and I would say the way they evaluate character and also potential is very consistent, and they they seem to always get like good dudes with really good work ethic who are going to uphold the legacy of champions that's inherent to that team. So we really hope you enjoy this episode. Let us know what you think. We have a Facebook and an Instagram account now. So if you want to reach out to us personally and ask us any questions, or if there's anybody specific you would like to have us try and get on, let us know and we will see what we could do. If you have any questions for us specifically, uh, whether it's Marine Corps related or competitive shooting related, let us know and we'll 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 get your questions answered. Anyways, thank you and enjoy this episode. Shooters ready. Stand by. This is Matt Gunlock from the 3GIQ podcast. I'm joined with Frank Gao, and we have a very special guest, Nate Staskowitz. He is currently a member of the prestigious Army Marksmanship Unit. He is on, currently on their action shooting team. He is probably one of the nicest dudes uh, you can ever meet. And much like myself and uh, Chris Scott have said in the past, you know, you want to hate these guys, but they're just the nicest guys in the world. And they're really they, they legitimately are just really good people. So, Nate, since I have you on here, can you kind of tell us about yourself? Yeah, so I'm Nate Staskowitz, originally from Omaha, Nebraska. Um, I joined the Army in August of 2017 to join the Army Marksmanship Unit. So I've been shooting in middle school and high school. I shot Trap, Steel Challenge, USPSA. And then kind of settled on three gun as my favorite action shooting sport to compete in. Um, and that was around 2012 when I started the action sports, if you consider like steel challenge an action sport, but that's about when it all started for me. So you've been doing this game for a very long time. Um, what, who were some of the major influencers in your life 
And when did you really start noticing improvement in your game? And, and how did you get your start? Like who really pushed you to get into the shooting sports? So the, my dad got me really started into it. He never really pushed me into it, but he ran the Omaha police department's firearms department for like 12 or 14 years or like a really long time. So he handled all the new recruit classes, the firearms, like the rifle program, like the recertifications and all that stuff. So he'd been teaching shooting for a very, very long time. So he kind of, I showed interest in it and we went to the range a few times and I was hooked. I wanted to go every single weekend possible. Uh, coincidentally, the sheriff's department in neighboring County, uh, Jacob Betsworth was uh, a sheriff is a sheriff's there. Okay. He shot three gun. So they kind of linked up. I don't know where they met. I'm assuming at work somewhere. And they kind of got to talking and my dad let Jacob know I was kind of interested in uh, joining or uh, competing in the action shooting sports, which Jacob already competed in. So we got together. He helped me out with some equipment. Let me borrow a shotgun. Uh, I think a belt and some other equipment from him. And then we started going from there. We were training all the time, uh, once every week, once every couple of weeks. And I really got the hook. And he was showing me how to dry fire, how to load the shotgun. Um, how to uh, stage plan, all that sort of stuff. Uh, as it, And then uh, right after that, Lance Dingler, who was on the Pro Series at the time, Three Gun Nation, okay, he man. moved to Omaha and for work. And him and Jacob were already friends. And Jacob was getting promoted and had a couple kids, so he started shooting a little bit less. So then I started linking up with Lance. And again, every single weekend, we were either traveling the country shooting a competition or back in Omaha um, practicing training and stuff like that. Um, so really through shooting pretty much every weekend, I noticed, uh, I started improving pretty quickly. And then in 2015, I believe I made three gun nation pro series. So it took about three years of training pretty much every single weekend, uh, to make that pro series. Wow. And I used, I used to watch that stuff all the time. So, uh, I know with, the pro series and even the junior shooters, you guys had a lot of tough competition. Um, Ty Starling, I don't know if you remember him. hundred, yeah, hundred percent. Really good, really good young man. Like just you know, outstanding individual. And like to to see somebody that young, like you know, from where I live, to see somebody that that young, it, it, it's pretty incredible. Like how fast you guys grow within the sport. Yeah, unfortunately, I missed it. So when I grew up watching Three Gun Nation, it was all like the big base style stages. And they'd have like 45 of the top three gunners in the country. They all show up and shoot those stages. Uh, I think in 2015, they transitioned it. I don't know if you remember. It's more like a shoot off mm -hmm. style thing. So they'd have like six or eight people show up. And it wasn't head to head, but it was kind of like a shoot off style stage. And that's where like the Death Star and yep. all that sort of stuff came from. Um, so unfortunately I missed like the three gun nation I grew up on, right. but the new, the new one was kind of cool is at night under the lights, they would put like baby powder on the target. So when you shoot them, it kind of like puff everywhere. Um, death star, which was brutal. Like that was either hero or zero. Like if that thing got crazy at all, you were, you were You're screwed. Gone. You traveled all the way across the country and you lost on this one stage because, uh, the death star got away from you a little bit. So <laughs> But no, it was a really cool experience um, getting into sh getting to shoot with the best shooters in the world, really. So it was awesome. I have to ask, uh, 
being under the lights and being in three gun nation, you know, doing the shoot off, what was that pressure like? And, um, and how did you manage it? So really, I just try to tune it all out and not like think about it at all. I think I know that's probably what everyone says. But for me, how I would do it is just think about like every little thing that I have to do. So I know like I want to normally would start like on rifle. So I want to move in, get a perfect grab on that rifle, get my feet set in a comfortable position right under me. And then I really want to hit that first plate on that plate rack. So I don't care about anything except hitting that first plate. Because for me, I just found if I would start the plate rack off and like miss the first plate, it, it just wouldn't go very well from there. So I want to really make that sight settle and have the patience on that first shot and then let the gun kind of ride from there and ride the recoil into the next plates. So I'd focus, and that's just one example. So I'd pick like little things I want to focus on at every gun, rifle, pistol, and shotgun, and then kind of go from there. And uh, when, when I'm like, on deck in the hole, I'll just be constantly rehearsing those little specific things that I need to do correctly in order to have a successful run. So I take my mind off of all the people watching all the cameras and I'd really put all that brain power into the very specific skills that I had to accomplish for that stage. You, you kind of mentioned something. You said that if you miss one plate, you know, things would kind of go off the rails. But what if you you did make a mistake? How would you, you know, what was your recuperation like? Like, how did you immediately fix it? Like we talk in three gun you know, hero zero or making a mistake. Um, and in the middle of a stage, you have to adjust your plan on the fly. How, how did you, how, how do you do that? So for me, it's just realizing you can't get that time back. Like once the time's lost, like it's gone. So there's no use trying to like speed up. Cause from there it's just easier to like mess even more stuff up. So from there, I'll really just focus on being disciplined on my site. So for example, we go back to that rifle, uh, plate racks. So if I if I miss that first shot, I go okay. I need to regroup, get that perfect sight picture on that plate, pull one good shot in the dead center of that target, and just kind of get the run back on track. Rather than what I see a lot, and I've been guilty of in the past, is start speeding up and you start spraying rounds at the plate rack or whatever target, and it never goes well. So for me, it's just getting back and having discipline and making sure I'm seeing that site exactly where it needs to be and pulling good shots, not speeding up, trying to gain time, because you really can't get back any time once you've lost it. Just kind of recovering as best as possible and making the best out of uh, a suboptimal performance. I appreciate that. I know we kind of threw a couple extra questions at you, but it kind no, of that's all right. the opportunity presented itself in. Like, I just find that really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, it's definitely like, a skill I'm still working on because it's super easy to get to a shoot off and get a little juiced up, get a little nervous and try to speed up and, or during stages, uh, if it starts going bad, but it's still, uh, still something I'm working on. And I definitely got a little bit better at through, uh, unfortunately some bad mistakes during matches. So, um, but no, it's still some we're all working on. Yeah, that's good. That's what you do. You learn from your mistakes, right? So, you uh, first time at the Three Gun Nation Pro Series was 2015, and then you joined the AMU in 2017. What was your first contact with the AMU, and did they reach out to you, or did you reach out to them? Yeah, so really my first contact was, I don't know if you remember, Matt, the War Sport Three Gun match in like 2016, maybe. And it was uh, adult male, and then they would either shoot with a female or a junior. Mm -hmm. So that year I reached out to 
Joel Turner, and we shot together that match and end up winning. Um, and then from there on, I would just try to squad with them at matches. So if we were shooting Nationals or Blue Ridge or Rocky Mountain, any of those matches, I'd just try to squad with them and sort of get to know them. And then, but I was only like a sophomore in high school, maybe. So I was still pretty young. I wasn't near the age to join the Army. Fast forward, uh, 2016, I went to the AMU Junior Camp. And at the end of the first day, uh, Mr. Bus, who is our chief of competitions at the AMU right now, back then was Sergeant First Class Bus. He was the uh, team chief of the action shooting team and kind of asked me, hey, will you stay after? We want to talk to you after the first day. So I did that. And they asked me if I wanted to try out. And of course, I said yes. So we did throughout the next couple of days, we did some uh, PT, some physical training, um, a, a board where you pretty much sit down and they ask you a bunch of questions, kind of get to uh, get to know you. And then at the end of the, the, um, the camp, we shot a competition against all the other kids. And I think even most of the teammates, uh, most AMU shooters shot it as well just to kind of gauge like where I was sitting, like shooting wise. So that was really my tryout right there. It was at the, during the 2016 uh, AMU junior camp is when I did mine. Yeah. Um, how long was that entire experience, that entire junior camp? I want to say three days, two or three days, maybe. It's a lot of stuff. It over- yeah. yeah. I must have it been was. a blur, man. Um, so out of everyone, I, I guess I'll back up a second. Um, for someone who doesn't know, how do you get into that junior camp to begin with? So it was just open enrollment. So we don't run it anymore. But essentially, so the AMU falls under recruiting command. So we're always trying to get in front of uh, Army or military-aged people, trying to recruit them into the Army. So the premise was that we have all these junior shooters, invite them out to the AMU, show them kind of an Army experience, uh, get to know them a little bit, help them with their shooting and then send them back with a positive uh, experience with army personnel. So anyone can show up from the very beginner person to the most advanced junior. It didn't really matter. They would tailor the training based on like the people that showed up, like what group you're in. Very cool. Um, you said that they asked you to stick around. How many out of that population of junior shooters would you estimate were actually asked to stick around? So there were two of us that were asked to stick around out of uh maybe 20 i can't remember 15 to 20 i can't i can't remember exactly okay um and then i'm just really interested in the process i i interviewed at uh jsoc uh back in 2021 um and that was an entire thing like they came in did a psych evaluation they did a panel interview how crucial was performance during that match so i don't I don't really know because I was like a candidate at the time and we haven't run it since, but I assume it was pretty important because it doesn't really matter what you've done in the past. If like you can't perform today, then it doesn't really matter. So I think they really wanted to see that I was still improving and uh, still at the level that they needed me to be at in order to join the AMU. Okay. And um, last question, I swear. Um, What was the composition of the panel that interviewed you? So it was everyone on the action shooting team. So I think it, we were a lot smaller at the time. I think it was five or six people, including uh, Mr. Bus, And it was just the random questions, uh, just kind of get to know you, who you are as a person, what your interests are, um, hobbies, stuff like that. And then like a few off-the-wall questions. Um, 
but it wasn't anything like super, super stressful or anything. They just kind of wanted to get to know you as the person and see how you'd kind of mesh in with the team. Okay. And then um, it's two more questions. Um, if you were to look back on that process, was there a certain point at which you were like, yeah, I clinched it. That, that's the point at which the panel looked at you and like, yes, we want Nate. Um, and then actually we'll just go with that first. Uh, honestly, not really. I didn't really know what they were looking for at the time. Um, I know I shot pretty well. I did pretty well at the PT. Um, I think it, I think I did okay at the board. But, like, honestly, like, you don't really know what they're looking for at that time. So I thought I did pretty well, but there's never a point where I was like, oh, yeah, I 100% got the job. Until at the end of the camp, Mr. Buss, again, asked us to stay around and uh, and told told me I got the job. Nice. Well, happy it worked out for you. Um, the only comment I'd make, Matt, is it sounds remarkably similar to what you what you guys put us through at the end of 2021 championships. Yeah, I'd say a bit more lengthy. Uh, you know, for for us at Marine Corps Championships, it's a week long of just competitions, but we and we're constantly watching people and how they perform. We're watching for their character, and then for those that we really want to see about bringing out for the summer, uh, we do a panel interview, um, and just mm-hmm. each person on the team pretty much asks. Uh, the different questions just to kind of gauge their mindset. Right. Yeah, it's pretty similar, just a lot shorter for my trial, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to ask, uh, what has Army Marksmanship Unit done for you in terms of rec- increasing your ability? And who are some key influencers and motivators in your life that keeps you at the top of your game? So the AMU's done a ton for me. So it's awesome place to work and they really do everything that they can to make you successful. Like whether it be equipment, your guns, uh, we have a bunch of ranges with a bunch of steel on them. So training's never a problem, a bunch of ammo, pretty much anything you need to be successful. They'll do their best to make it happen. Um, so whether like at a point, Long range shooting was my weakness in three gun. So I just checked out a bunch of 77 grain ammo and went and shot a bunch of long range, which is very expensive. So very grateful for that. And I really saw a lot of improvement uh, during that, during that time, being able to just really focus and dial in my long range three gun shooting. So again, they'll, they'll pretty much do everything they can to make you successful. And I've really reaped the benefits of um, their generosity and their uh, willingness to, uh, again, do everything they can for us. No, that's, that's, that's awesome. Uh, I like how you guys have your setup. Like you guys can check your guns out of the armory uh, during the, during the week, and then you can keep them down at the range house and your in, in your safes there. That way it's a matter of show up to work, grab your guns and then get to work. Um, you know, rather than you guys are clear on the other side of base from where your armory is, and if you had to go there every day, twice a day, that 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 would take eat up a lot of time in training. It would, yes, yep. So it's perfect that we don't have to waste. It'd probably be about an hour a day if we really had to drive across post, check in the guns, and then reverse in the morning, drive across post, grab your guns, and then drive back to work. So it really maximizes our efficiency as much as possible. It's always good to hear when people are doing things the common sense way. Um, Next question for you is, do you have any ancillary activities like fitness, hobbies, 
that you use to balance the the focus and com- competitive shooting. Matt and I have talked about burnout and just like focusing too much on the shooting side of things. Is there anything that you do to balance things out? Yes. Yeah, so right now I'm just really focusing on college. So I have a couple semesters left on my bachelor's degree. So when I'm not at work, I'm really just focusing on that. And then I also bought a house uh, about a year ago. So I'm always working on like the yard or house projects and stuff like that. So it really just gets my mind off of just shooting because I do it for a living, obviously. And it really kind of helps me like unwind and then I can ramp back up when I have to go to work or to a competition. So I'm not just 100% solely focused on shooting 24-7, which is really nice. Yeah, it's good to have things in which there's not an expectation of performance and there's really nobody want, sitting there watching you pull weeds. So, yeah, I right. I feel that, man. I feel Not that. the most fun thing in the world, pulling weeds, but it's I think it's necessary to kind of... It's honest work. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I have to ask, uh, you know, did you ever look into the tractors after we talked that one day? I have not yet. I went on leave right after that, so I haven't, I haven't looked at them yet. But unfortunately, it rained a bunch when I was gone, and I got back last night in my... The weeds are like a foot long, so I got a lot of work to do after this. <laughs> so we, you and I met in 2018. You know, we, you know, we were able to work out a deal to where the Marine Corps shooting team uh, came down to you guys, uh, and it opened up so much to us in terms of how to train, how to set goals, achieving certain uh, gates, um, and then how to prioritize certain actions before a match. Can you go into some of that? Like you guys just really did a really good job of opening us to how to properly train. So for me, it all starts in like doing like a match recon of the match you're going to. So if I'm going to shoot like an Aaron Hayes match in Texas, I know what to expect. Kind of there's going to be a bunch of long range shooting off of a bunch of weird positions like rocks, um, trees, uh, logs, all that sort of stuff. There's going to be a lot of probably far slugs on relatively small targets and probably a bunch of like kind of hide and go seek little steel going through like little jungle runs. So I know what to prepare for there. Rather than if I'm going to multi-gun nationals, it's going to be a lot of really technical shooting with like no shoots and that sort of stuff. So to me, it's really important to kind of know what I need to train. So if I'm going to Texas to shoot the long range match or the Aaron Hayes' match, I'm not wasting my time doing a bunch of really technical uh, base style stuff. So it's just being really focused in that training and picking out the very specific stuff you want to work on. And then also being like realistic and honest with yourself on your abilities. So if you know you're weak on just say shooting slugs, for example, spending time on just doing that even though it might not be the most fun thing like getting beat up by that recoil just focusing on that because it's going to be no fun like you're having a really good stage run and then you get to the slug portion of the stage and then you miss a bunch of slugs get a bunch of penalties and then your match is trash so for me it's really just being honest with myself on what i need to work on and picking apart those very specific things and working on those things for the matches um so that's the big thing there and then also um, it's making kind of gates. I know we talked about gates. So to me, there's two, two kind of gates. There's one, which is like your performance gate. So I want to go to a match and I want to get 90%, say, at the match. But the gate I look more towards is what do I need to accomplish before I go to a match? So for me, it's being really, really comfortable with my guns and having a lot of confidence with them. So I want to know my dope or my – uh, my zero and my data is perfect on my rifle. I want to know like my BDC is aligning up perfect, 
perfectly. My zero is perfect. Um, with pistol, I do a drill called 20 alpha. It's like hands down my favorite drill. And how it works is you have a USPSA target uh, with the head, what's called standard or classic, whatever, at 10, 15, 20, and 25. And I want to be able to draw and shoot five rounds as fast as I can keep them in the A zone. And I also want to make sure I'm watching my sights and the gun's tracking good. So I want to make sure that gun's going straight up and down. I'm calling my shot. So say I have one just inside the C, I'm able to call it after that run. And I'm not just shooting like, oh, all those shots felt good. And then I have like two A's, two C's, and a D. Like for me, I didn't gain anything, any knowledge out of that performance. So I want to make sure I'm really watching those sights. They're tracking well. And also the bullets are going exactly where I want them. So I'll do that from 10, 15, 20, and 25 yards. I'll do that a few times, doing five rounds at each, until I do 100% all alphas a couple times in a row. After I'm satisfied with that and the gun's feeling good in my hand, the sights are tracking well, I'll then do the exact same thing, but just on the head of the target. So again, starting at 10 yards, I'll draw and shoot five rounds into the head as quick as possible. Then again, 15, 20, and 25. So me personally, I know if I can draw the gun and on a full-size IPSC target or USPSA target, draw and shoot five rounds in the head as quick as that sight can recover, I'm very, very confident that every match I go to, I will not be asked to do that hard of task. So it just boosts my confidence. And then also going on to shotgun, I touched on it earlier, being really, really confident in your slugs, knowing exactly where they're going to hit. And then also being able to load the shotgun efficiently and consistently. So for me, the worst thing that can possibly happen, or like it's the second worst thing that can happen with a shotgun is it going completely empty. So what I do is I'll put four pieces of like uh, pop-up steel. So they have little springs on them. So they go down and pop back up and I'll have four rounds loaded in the shotgun. I'll shoot four and then the bolt's going to lock back and I'll do my bolt lock reload. And, keep shooting four and I'll do that for probably 12 or 16 or 20 rounds or so just really working through the repetitions because it does two things it works on your normal load but it also works on that bolt lock so if the worst case scenario happens and I run that gun dry then I'll be able to do it efficiently um, and not waste much time because I've already kind of wasted a lot of time because I've missed a lot up until that point if the gun went empty so really be able to salvage that performance as best as possible so those are really like my four or five like kind of gates that I know I want to reach before going to a match to have the best amount of confidence as possible. If that was kind of a long-winded answer, but that's, no, that's perfect. That is absolutely perfect. I kind of have a follow-up for that. Uh, as we know, in three gun, there's many different styles of shootings from, you know, natural terrain, jungle run type uh, stages to base style stages. Um what are your favorite types of stages that you've encountered? So I really like um, the kind of like jungle runs, but with like rifle, pistol, and shotgun. So you'll see those a lot like out west in like Texas and stuff like that where you're running 200 yards, you're shooting kind of hunting, packing for a bunch of little pistol steel. You'll shoot some long range at the beginning and then end with some shotgun or and then some slugs or something. So I just really like that those long stages kind of running through the, the woods and shooting and shooting targets. To me, that's the most fun stages. 
you you kind of mentioned something then there which which made me think of you know three gun and all its essence you know you first stage of the day or it's one of the you know a stage in a match and you have long range rifle you're starting out with long range rifle uh that can really set the tone of a match um mm-hmm. you know you know you have to get through that in order for the rest of the stage to be good how how do you uh, maintain that focus and what do you do to prepare uh, to get through that long range portion that way you can get to the rest of the stage so for me it's really just staying disciplined on those sites so it's super easy to get into a long range position kind of rush the position so I guess I'll back up when I get into position I want to make sure I take the little bit extra time to build that stable position so if I'm in a reverse kneeling, I want to get that good knee to elbow contact. Or if I'm prone, I want to get that good flat body position, body straight behind the rifle to absorb the recoil as much as possible. Or and it really applies to every other position, just kind of melting into that position the best way possible to build as stable of, of position as possible. From then, I already have confidence in my data. I know my site's going to hit exactly where I want it to. So from there, it's just having discipline on those sites. So really accepting the wiggle room of the sites because it's never going to be perfectly still and accepting that and then just breaking perfect shots, not rushing them, not being like, Oh, good enough. I might luck into a shot here or there. No, I want to know every single shot I take is going to be a hit. Now, sometimes that doesn't happen, but I want to know that I pulled the best shot I possibly could in that situation because I took the, the time and had the discipline to really let that site settle and break the shot exactly where it needs to be. So for me, it's not rushing shots and just really staying disciplined on those sites to make it happen. And like, you don't have to win the stage. Stages like that, you just have to survive. So even if I don't win it, I'm completely happy with that as long as I survived it and didn't lose too many points. So I'm never going to like try to burn down really the first stage unless it's like nationals and I'm a little bit behind and I have to put the the pedal to the metal. But besides that, like I'm just going to try to be consistent be smooth, survive the stage, and then I can live to die another day on the following stages. So a lot like the Marine Corps shooting team, you guys get tasked out to train other units. How do you balance training other units when you have a major match on the horizon? So, like, honestly, it can be tough um, because we get so many requests and we have so many matches to do. But I think it's to remember – it's important to remember that like we're support personnel at the end of the day. So we're recruiting and we also increase lethality. So we always do everything we can to try to make, make it happen and do as much instruction as we can. Um, And that also goes into that time management. So sometimes we'll go to matches and we like shoot through the last day and we'll go to a location, do some training, or we'll go right from training to a match. So sometimes I'll have like a day or two to prepare. So it's really important to know your own personal gates, like I explained earlier, and what I have to accomplish and what I have to be comfortable with in order to go to a match on short notice and perform to how I need to perform. So you yourself are, I got to ask, how how does AMU guys, AMU keep you guys relevant in terms of going to specific schools. You yourself, you're an 11 Bravo infantryman, um, and you've been to infantry school, jump school, and various other schools. Uh, what is the purpose of sending soldiers from the AMU to those specific schools? 
Yeah, so there's some schools we have to go to as soldiers, like uh, non-commissioned officer, like academies, like promotion schools and stuff like that. But AMU is really good at letting us kind of broaden our experiences and go to other schools. So like you said, I've been to airborne school, um, uh, air assault school, and a few other schools to just kind of broaden our experiences as much as possible. It's also cool we get to see how other people teach and kind of experience other things. Another thing is, it's pretty cool to get paid to like jump out of planes and rappel out of helicopters and be climbing through the mountains of Idaho doing high angle, long range shooting. Um, and again, it just really broadens our experience level as like non-commissioned officers and soldiers. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's just a really good opportunity and I'm glad the AMU does it for us and allows us to. Do, uh, do like the other units, whenever you go teach them and train them, do they appreciate the the knowledge that you bring um, and that balance of the the military schools with the multi-gun type training? So honestly, it's not the biggest deal to them that I've been to like a few of the schools I've been to. It's more of the knowledge we bring from the multi-gun. So a lot of this, like the efficiency and all that sort of stuff, shooting on the move, in and out of positions all this sort of stuff to make them a little bit faster and a little bit better at their job. So it's more about the, the competition level we bring and the skill level we bring rather than like some of the schools we've been to, because they've all pretty much been to the same schools for the most part. Um, but yes, it's just about our skills and the knowledge we bring and expertise we can bring to them. What are some civilian schools that you've been to? Uh, a, a lot of shooters out there do training. Uh, KJ Rukaza, Ben Steger. Um, have you attended any of those? And what did you think of them? So I haven't been to any of like the big name, like action shooter schools or anything like that. I did go to Hat Creek Training, which uh, the Army was fortunate enough to pay for. It was the high angle, long range shooting up in uh, Riggins, Idaho that Brian Morgan puts on. Um, and that was just a really, really good experience that also applied to three gun because it was, we were shooting bolt guns, long range. Um, but it also applies to three gun building positions, super awkward position shooting, uh, again, high angle and also like shooting down mountains and stuff like that. So it really broadened my knowledge and experience to long range that I can apply to the three gun world and to also some of the teaching that we do, uh, outside of three gun. Okay, very cool. Um, are there any schools that you, like, given the choice, if there's one school that you want to go to right now, is there something on the list that you would you would prefer? Um, I think it'd be cool to, like, go to J.J. Rakaza's class. I've heard really good things about that one. Um, but that's – not really at this point. But that's, like, the one that I, if I can make time in the schedule, I'd like to go attend. Yeah, for sure. Uh, two two members of the pistol action team on the Marine Corps side just attended one of his classes, and they have nothing but good things to say. I, I've attended his class too; it's very good. Um, last question for you: So, uh, attending all these courses, do you do you feel like it's important to your proficiency as a shooter to also develop as an instructor? A hundred percent. So that's another thing with teaching is with a short, super short timeline, super short timelines. I found that when you're teaching something and explaining the very fine details of something, it kind of makes you do it correctly as well. So explaining it, demoing it, and then also like we compete with the drills against the students as well. And it really forces you to do everything correctly and think through everything that you need to be doing. It's super easy to kind of be doing your own tra 
training and to get kind of lazy with stuff. Um, and again, teaching, uh, talking about the fine intricacies of like, say, uh, target transitions and stuff like that. It really makes you focus on, hey, make sure you're using your legs, getting your eyes to the target first, driving the gun with your legs and all that sort of stuff. Um, and it, it helps you uh, kind of get out, out of that cycle of being lazy and just kind of doing like the status quo of like the training you do from day to day and really like, makes you focus on the fine things, uh, the finer points of the shooting uh, techniques. So we've kind of talked about prioritization and work-life balance, but how do you prioritize work with schools and the other various activities that you find important to yourself? So, yeah, so the AMU is great where they don't believe in, like, wasting your time. So we travel a lot, and when, like, you're home, like, in garrison, like, get your training done and then go take care of what you need to take care of. Um, so that, like – the only thing that can be tough, I guess, is trying to do college and travel at the same time. It's just kind of having the discipline of getting home from a long day shooting and then get to the hotel room and type a paper or do some discussion boards or take a test or something like that. But really, besides that, the AMU does a great job of making sure that like you yourself are taken care of so that you can perform at your best when you're representing the Army. So they'll do everything they can to uh, help your work-life balance and make sure you're not like too overworked or too stressed out at home so that you can perform the best you can. Very cool. Hey, um, congrats on being so close to getting your bachelor's degree, man. That's really notable, especially given the amount of training you do, training other units, traveling on the road. Um, yeah, that that that's a lot of like, it's pretty remarkable you've been able to get that done. Last question for me is, uh, what advice would you give someone looking to join the AMU? So some advice I would have is train hard. So to even be considered to join the AMU, you have to be at a pretty high level. Like you need to be like 85 or so percent of like a match winner or the, your division winner to even be like kind of looked at. If you're not at that level, like that's okay. Like we're still like looking out for the, the people who are up and coming and have potential but just kind of know that you need to kind of be at the 85 to 90% level to like really be considered. Also, like if you see us at matches, come talk to us. We're more than happy to talk to you guys, answer any questions. And that also helps you kind of get on our radar as well. Let us know that you're interested, interested in joining uh, the AMU. Uh, also do good in school, obviously join the military. You have to pass the ASVAB. Like you can be the best shooter in the world, but if you can't pass the ASVAB, like you can't join the military. So that's another thing. And then also, like, this sounds super simple, but don't, like, get in trouble with the law. Like, we can't hire you if you have, like, a pretty bad rap sheet or something like that. So, um, again, really just focus on being the best shooter you can and uh, do good in school. And that's about the best advice I can give right there. It's good advice for anybody looking to join the military. Just good, good advice for young people in general. But, okay, thank you for that, Nate. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So is there anything you'd like to leave the listeners with? Yeah, I mean, I just really appreciate you giving me the the, uh, the chance to be on your podcast. Um, I kind of covered a lot and kind of got long winded with some answers. But if you guys have like any more questions or like any more follow up stuff, feel free to reach out to me on like Instagram, Facebook. Like if you can't find me, the AMU's Facebook page, reach out to them. And they'll get a, get a hold of me or something like that. But we're always more than happy to answer questions and help you guys out as much as possible with any questions we can answer. So 
That's about all I got. We really appreciate you coming on here, Nate. Um, it, you remind me a lot of the stuff that you guys taught us back in 2018 whenever we set up that training opportunity. Um, and it's just always a good refresher to, to, to be reminded about some of those skills. Uh, so uh, I appreciate it. And I'm sure the listeners yeah, will appreciate all this stuff too. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Tell everybody there I said hi. I will. All right. Well, listeners, thank you for everything. We hope you enjoyed this, and we'll see you on the next one.